Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode, we're talking about one of the most important things for your business. It's understanding and embracing the power of niche. We'll be talking about identifying your target market and why it's so important to drive the revenue of your business. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Hey, thanks for listening today. I really appreciate it. You could be doing any sorts of things. You'd be listening to any other podcast, but you've chosen to join me here on my show, and I really appreciate that. Uh, If you don't know me, my name is Blake. I run this podcast. I run a business called Good Advice, and really the heart and soul of the podcast is to give you the nitty-gritty nuts and bolts for how you can grow your business. I like to say there's no fluff on the podcast. There's just good advice. And I hope to bring that to you today. That's really what what I envisioned when I started the podcast was whenever I first started my business, I was like, man, there is so much fluff out there. Like There's so much noise. How do I get to the right answer for what I need to know to actually grow my business? And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Today, we're going to be talking about something that um, it's come about from a multitude of conversations that I've been having, not just with, um, you know, I have all sorts of conversations with people and it's not just like customers, but, you know, in the business world and the entrepreneurship world, you're often having conversations about business, about entrepreneurship to a multitude of people on a daily basis. You know, you have a relative who starts a business and they want to pick your brain or you have a friend who, you know, maybe their business is struggling and they're like, hey, don't you do business? Can you tell me what you think about this? So you're having all sorts of conversations constantly. And normally what ends up happening is I have enough conversations with someone on a topic that I decide, you know what, this just needs to be its own podcast episode. And so I get on the microphone, I hit record, and here we are. And so today, I want to talk about something that is so basic to running a business, and yet I've learned that even the most basic of concepts can be hard for us to implement for a number of reasons. I think that sometimes we make business more complicated than it needs to be. I think this is especially true in leadership, where we like to say that leadership is really complicated and difficult. And in some ways, that's true. I mean, people are complicated, so naturally, leadership can also be a bit complicated, But at the end of the day, taking care of your people, treating someone with dignity, treating treating someone with value, these are not hard to understand concepts. Like we don't have to, I don't have to mentally go to a new level to understand how to take care of my people and be a good boss. The same thing is true in business, even though so many of us go on to start businesses that ultimately will fail. And there's a number of reasons for that. And naturally, everyone listening to this podcast, we're probably all thinking the same thing, which is, well, geez, I don't want my business to fail. 
I don't want my business to be the one to be part of the statistic. And so we're talking about a concept today that it is powerful in its own right. And if you haven't fully internalized this, there's opportunity here for you to really grow your business. I want to talk about a basic concept, a starting concept that is simply described as understanding the power of niche, understanding the power of niche in your market for your business. It's understanding ultimately who you sell to. You know, if you were going to describe that buyer or that user of your service, what would they look like? How would they act? Uh, where would they be in their life? Like what phase of their life are they in? Are they a um, new parent? Excuse me. Are they a new parent? Are they retiring? Are they um, just starting out in their career? You know, where are they in their phase of life? And ultimately, understanding the power of niche is understanding exactly to a T who is the person that you're eventually going to sell to. And this is something that I think we all understand. We all have an idea in our mind of, yeah, I, I understand that I have to have a buyer. I have to have someone who will want to use my service because ideally we all got into business because we felt like there was a problem that our service or our product could solve. Well, what ends up happening though, oftentimes in business is we get six months, we get nine months, we get even a couple of years into our business and really, we've never really hit the pause button to think about who is that buyer of my product. I know for me personally, it has been a strange journey of thinking I know who that buyer is and then realizing it's someone else different entirely. And this isn't uncommon in business. A lot of times you start out with a, a product in mind, with a buyer in mind, and you realize that it actually wasn't that segmented audience that you really thought was be was going to be interested in it. It was actually someone else entirely. You know, I had a, a guy on the podcast who they sold, um, it was some kind of like meeting planner product. Like it helps your meetings go more uh, efficiently. And there was this little side product of it that basically, it was kind of like Evernote, like it helps you take notes more efficiently. Uh, though he'd probably be frustrated that I'm describing his product with the competitor. And uh, all this to say, his buyers ended up being people who really liked the note-taking aspect of his product. And that then became his niche. It was no longer people who wanted more efficient meetings, so to speak, but people who, while in their meetings, wanted a better way to take notes and turn those notes into actionables for the team after the meeting. Because many of us have probably been in that meeting where we walk away and we're like, okay, what, what, what are we supposed to be doing now? Like, what's the next step? I have no idea. So it's not uncommon that what you think your product does or who it's for ends up being someone else entirely. But for me personally, I think what was a challenge for me whenever I started my business was in my mind, I knew that I solved a problem but I had served so many different types of people 
that it was hard for me to drill down on what were the commonalities across all those different customers. Cause I had customers and I even ran into this with like marketing agencies where I'd have like a marketing person say, all right, so what industry do you work with? And I'd say, well, all of them. I'm like, okay, well, like what, what level are you working with CEOs? You can with founders, HR sales. And I was like, well, all of them. They're like, okay. Um, so you work with everyone in every different industry. Uh, what, what size company is this a single founder? Is this like a corporation? And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. All of those like, okay. From like a hundred thousand in revenue up to like a hundred million in revenue. I was like, yes. And uh, I remember one marketer, you could see it on her face, was kind of like, okay, so almost every business that's not like a Fortune 500 company. And I was like, ooh, 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 actually, I have worked with Fortune 500s. Um, I've had, I have had them as clients, so we should include them as well. And it was kind of like, okay, so you're, you basically help everyone who is related to business in any way whatsoever. And I was like, yeah, that's me. That's what I do. Sure. And so this poor marketer, you know, went to work trying to sell my services and got a lot of nothing back. And I remember thinking at the time, like, are you just not a good marketer? Are you just, you know, are you just not good at what you do? And uh, we eventually parted ways. Really, probably no fault of her own. It's I put her up against an impossible solution, right? And as I started looking for new marketers, I got on the phone with one guy who he said, okay, so tell me about your product as I started to describe it, some of my consulting services that I did. And he said, okay, so tell me about your buyers. And I don't want to hear about the buyers you've had like ever, 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 but tell me about the buyers you've had in the last six months. And I was like, oh, okay, well, um, and so I started like thinking through that question of like, okay. I've had this kind of customer. I've had that kind of customer. And he said, okay, it sounds to me like you don't really have an offer. You just have random customers that you've helped in some random way. And I was kind of put off by that. I was kind of offended by that thinking, you don't really understand my business. You just don't get it. This, by the way, is something we commonly do whenever we get feedback about our product is rather than leaning in and realizing that we're selling something that is broken we get defensive. We say, you weren't our customer anyway. You just didn't get it. You just didn't understand it. Rather than recognizing that what I'm trying to sell is really ineffective. It really doesn't do what I think it does. That's a whole separate conversation on why feedback is so valuable. But it got me thinking about who is my customer? Who is the person that I am ultimately helping. You know, a lot of times in this conversation of niche, what ends up happening is in our mind, it's so clear who that customer is, but when you actually have to write it down on paper, it becomes very vague and ambiguous and strange. And I would argue that if you can't write it down with utmost clarity, you really don't have a niche. The reason this conversation is so important is because success with your business is so directly tied to intentionality. It's, it's resisting the temptation to fill your day with busy work. I wake up, you know, what's the first email that comes in? What's the first thing I need to respond to? 
What's the first thing on my task list I need to do? And it's about being intentional and strategic on how am I going to approach my day? How am I going to approach my business? So the power of niche is understanding that I'm actually being incredibly calculated on who I'm going to sell to, who is that person really, and defining it in as specific a way as possible. It's essentially, you know, writing the playbook for who you're going to go after in terms of your next sale. I think sometimes the reason this is so challenging for us is because we don't like the, especially as like entrepreneurs, a lot of times we've come from like a corporate lifestyle. We love the idea of, um, you know, making our own hours. There's an inherent creativity to it. There's this sense of, you know, I'm free. And so to now put these constraints on who you sell to can feel like you are pigeonholing yourself. It can feel like you are imprisoning yourself to, I have to sell to that person. I think being a successful business owner is coming to terms with understanding that you can be incredibly intentional and yet not be any less creative or free-willed or um, free-spirited or what have you when it comes to doing your work. But so what happens is because many of us don't want to be pigeonholed, whenever someone asks if we can like serve a certain kind of customer, we're like, oh, yeah, 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 I can, I can help that person. And then they bring up an entirely different demographic. What about this kind of customer? Oh, yeah, I, I can do that too. Or it kind of reminds me of I was, I was part of a, um, this initiative for local nonprofits and the business I was representing, we were bringing like the leadership aspect to this program and everyone who was there was all there for a very specific reason to offer their expertise to help our local nonprofits be more successful. But what I noticed was that like the financial people were also suddenly experts in leadership and like the, um, you know, fundraising people were also suddenly experts in infrastructure. And it was like this really weird cross-contamination of like, now everyone is suddenly an expert because there's this excitement that comes with knowing that you can be all things to all people. I think sometimes as an entrepreneur, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to have that inherent confidence and belief in yourself. And so there's this temptation to say yes to everything because it almost it's almost like this validation of credibility where now by being able to do all those things I'm now more I'm more of a valid business owner than if I could only do one thing really well. Well what the data would tell us is that doing that one thing really well actually does more for our business in terms of brand, in terms of results, in terms of how people think about us and identify us and recognize our work. Doing that one thing really well does more for our business than being the, you know, mother goose of, you know, everyone bring me your problems and I'll just take them under my wing. Um, I don't know if that analogy works, but I, I wanted to go with it. So, Having said that, it's it's not bad to pigeonhole yourself under a very specific problem you solve and a very specific demographic you work with. I mean, ideally, you got into business because you had a specific problem that you solved. Who do you solve it for? 
Who do you fix that problem for? That is your ideal niche. But instead, what happens is, you know, not only are we trying to resist being pigeonholed, but also we get into this habit of thinking that being specific is bad. And so we go very wide. We go very generic. So the way I've heard this described is I was at an event where somebody was pitching their services and they said, my perfect customer are men and women who use the internet. And I thought, okay, that is 6 billion people, 6 billion plus. There's no way that your ideal customer is 6 billion people. Or I had someone else at another event who said, my, my perfect customer is are people you know. Okay. And I remember hearing him say that. I kind of looked around. I was like, well, I mean, I know a handful of people. You know, Everyone here knows a handful of people. Just anyone we know is your buyer, right? Or I've heard it described as, uh, or another example I've heard given is, actually, I ran into this. Now that I'm thinking about this, I ran into this. Whenever I first started my business, I decided, you know what? I'm going to be, my niche is going to be people who are just now starting their business for the first time. And they want advice, they want perspective, what have you. And I, in my mind, I had the niche very clear and maybe it was, but what ended up happening was it was a niche that was not sustainable for the business. And so here's what happened was I got on a phone with a guy out of the small town out of Detroit and he wanted to be a, he wanted to start a business that did in-home uh, fitness, basically. It's like a traveling fitness person. So he'd come to your house, he'd help you do exercise, you know, what have you, you get it. And so I said, okay, cool. Yeah, I like the idea. Um, so how many people um, live in your town? And he's like, oh, it's a really small town. It's like, it's like maybe 500 people. I mean, podunk. And I was like, wow, yikes, 500 people. Okay. Well, I mean, just how are you planning on getting your customers? And he's like, well, I'm going to put up flyers. I'm going to do like all these like random things. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, if you convert just 1% of that, that'd be five people. Uh, and this is, by the way, ignoring the fact that of, of the 500, not all 500 are interested in your services, but let's just say they were, let's just say all 500 have all come to live in this town and they coincidentally all have been looking for a personal fitness person. Uh, if you converted 1% of them, that would be five people. Would your business be able to survive on five people? And he was like, no, definitely not. And I was like, okay, so we have a problem here. I said, furthermore, you know, would you, um, for like follow-up, would you be like calling them? Would you be scheduling over the phone? And he was like, well, I don't actually have a phone. The number I've called you on, this is my grandmother's phone. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I mean, would you email them? Would you do like a booking service online? And he's like, oh, I don't have a computer. And I was like, okay, so you have no phone, you have no computer. And it's at this point that I'm thinking, why am I, why am I on the phone with this person? But I also, you know, he's, he's very motivated. He's very excited. And so I, you know, I want to see this conversation through. And so I say, okay, well, just in terms of like pure statistics, in terms of just the odds of your business surviving, it sounds to me like you're moving to Detroit because there is absolutely no way you can make it in this tiny town of 500 people with your business. That's just my guess. Um, so I would move to Detroit, you know, I think he said it was like an hour away or something. And he's like, you know, I would do that, but I don't own a car. 
Yes. Which was so funny to me because I'm thinking, you don't have a car. So how were you planning on getting to these people's houses in the first place? And he's like, I haven't gotten that far yet. And I was like, okay, okay. So here we are. No car, no phone, no computer, no way to run a business. And it was in that moment that I thought, why have I designed my product around people who are broke? You know, here I am talking to someone who has no means of sustaining his business. And I have essentially developed my niche around the same thing. Somebody who, you know, has no income, hasn't validated their product, hasn't done anything. And yet I'm trying to sustain my business on this person. It's insanity. This was in like the first few months of my business. And I remember thinking like, what am I doing with my time? This is nuts. Uh, but this is what we do with niche. We, we, we make our niche something that is totally unsustainable for our business. It was one guy, I've told the story before that he sold leather wristbands with rhinestones bedazzled on them. And I said, he said he wasn't finding any customers. And I was like, how many people do you think actually want this? And he's like, I have no idea. And I had no idea either. But I thought, you know, my worry is you have niched down to a market that's essentially non-existent. This all came to a head, this conversation, because I was, I was, I think sometimes when we talk to people, there's this hesitance around, um, you know, I feel like I'm turning money down in one area. Like if I go after this group of people, now I'm losing business otherwise. And it's almost like understanding that like your business can't be split in two directions, but it's all the more powerful when you go all in on one target market, one target industry and what have you. And it's essentially, it's like I said earlier, it's the power of intentionality. I'm going to be intentional and really go after this specific market and see where it takes my business. You know, I was talking to my mother-in-law who she's selling, uh, she's doing like a healthcare uh, health product thing. And she was selling to, she's in her sixties and she was trying to basically target young um, college aged girls who w cared about their health, cared about their own fitness. And I told her, I said, you know what, you know, why did you get into this? Or I asked her, I said, why did you get into this? Like, why do you care about this? And she had this great story about like her own personal health and just why it's so meaningful for her. Uh, her husband, my father-in-law, had lost a lot of weight and had taken his health seriously. And I was like, wow, that story is really incredible. Like, why don't you lean in on people like you rather than chasing this other angle of um, broke college students, Right. And it was funny because once I said that, she said, oh, you know what? I had my friend who's my age stop me in the grocery store and said, hey, I saw what you're doing. I want to know more about that. And I had someone else who was like, oh, you need to meet this person. They would love to buy you know, whatever it is you're selling. And so it's funny how there was this natural niche that was coming up, but yet for her, you know, someone had told her or her mind had thought, I got to go after this one specific niche that everyone else is doing or seems really... Uh, maybe it's, it just seems really sexy. It seems really um, like a really great option. Um, you know, it's 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 not uncommon that we get excited around a market that other people tell us 
like, hey, this is a really good market to go after. And this isn't exactly what happened with her and her situation, but the excitement on her face as she realized the, the opportunity in this other niche, like that is something that is motivating for your business. And when you start to gain clarity around who do I sell to, what do they literally look like? Like, what do they act like down to a T that's powerful for your business? If you're struggling to sell your product or your service, if you've, if you've struggled to really get the ball rolling on the momentum for your business, maybe you haven't niched out enough. Maybe you have a wide market of buyers and you haven't gotten intentional on your selling strategy of the exact kinds of people you're going to go after and ultimately who's going to sustain your business. Who's the people that you're ultimately going to help the most and basically letting go of the fact that you can't be all things to all people. And that's okay. You know, it's okay to be the right answer for a specific person who's having a specific problem. That is why we started our businesses, right? Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I so appreciate you listening. You can click a follow or subscribe button on the podcast. Also, if you want to support the podcast, you can check out our Patreon it's at patreon.com slash good advice. And uh, regardless of whenever you listen to this, I hope you guys stay safe, stay happy, and continue to just go up and up with your business. That's today's good advice. I'll catch you later. See ya.